0: Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 89 of Death Readers, the podcast where we're reading through books for the first time. If this is your first time listening, uh, what we do is we take a book that at least one of us hasn't read, we read through it chapter by chapter, we take notes, and we talk about it. In this episode, we are going to be reading through Tarzan of the Apes, chapters 9 through 16. If you'd like to read along, you can go find yourself a copy of Tarzan. There's many different ways to do it. A lot of them are free. You can find digital PDF copies on uh, different reading devices. And read along. Read up through Chapter 16. And then come back to the podcast, listen, and we'll talk about stuff that you just read. And then you can say, oh, this was so insightful. How incredible. Or you can say, like, what? These guys didn't talk about this other thing. How dare they? Either way, thanks for listening. Uh, I don't think we have any housekeeping. Did I miss anything, Rob? I miss. I don't believe so. No. Okay. Uh, so let's start the show. Let's do it rapidly. We spent a lot of time do- uh, dawdling in the last episode, doing our edition editions, it was doing, all first the, book. doing all, it was a doing whole, all the it was a whole new world, all the pageantry, the the beautiful yeah. uh decadence of a first episode of a first of a new book. We but created now, a soundscape. Yeah, now we're inside the jungle. We're in the the depths of we're the this thick book of it. So, let's start with chapter 9, Man and Man. My first note is on page 74. Okay? <laughs> well, I guess this is the first thing we have to talk about is uh uh the way Burroughs describes the African hordes' features. Yeah, it, it apparently didn't take us very long to get into a section of the book where, at least in this episode, where where Burroughs is uh, describing the African horde's features. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think what I can most politely say is possibly animalistic ways. <laughs> it Okay, here's what I was really trying to do.
1: I was really trying to take... uh. The attitudes at the time and the attitudes towards.
0: I'm just going to read it. I'll read it and then you can say what you were going to say. Because I think that is the way that, to contextualize this for listeners. Okay. Uh, so, for context in this moment, a group of African tribes people are, I think, as far as I can understand, are being driven from their lands by warring with other tribes or white people, like it's hard to really determine.
1: What I got was these were the groups that John Clayton was being sent to investigate. These were the black tribes, people that were working for the white people. Right. And those were the ones who were driving away the native tribesmen.
0: Okay. Well, this is what he writes about these people across their foreheads were tattooed three parallel lines of color. And on each breasts three concentric circles their yellow teeth were filed to sharp points and their great protruding lips added still further to the low and bestial brutishness of their appearance yeah Uh, so what i was saying was i think that you could if you were being really tone deaf Mm mm-hmm is say, well, he's just describing how things look. How you are you not allowed to describe how things look? And That's my, not- well, yeah, and and my problem with that potential argument to defend it is the part where he is is the part where he says brutish.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's this idea of like, no, his point is that these people are less than. Yes and he's using physical features that they have to as evidence of this less lesser thanness which is regardless of the time period it it's 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 diminishing someone's individual value based on prejudice about the way that they appear and their and people in their you know family groups appear sure and, def- and saying that anyone who has those features is less than, literally, and as I was saying, like in a, in a sort of like dehumanizing animalistic style kind of way, which does feel unsettling and unhappy. I don't know. Like oh, that.
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to make it very clear. I was never trying to excuse anything. I was only coming at it from a point of view of this guy is writing from ignorance and right. imp- an imperialist attitude. And you know, looking, going to get National Geographic's and and looking at pictures in there, and just like writing stuff into it under his own colorful language. Um, but as the story progresses, it becomes clear it is more than that.
0: In these chapters. Yeah. Okay. I'll. Okay. Um,
1: that that it's not just the imperial attitude that 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 it is what you were saying.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's what I was saying, because I, I honestly don't know, like, that much about what the imperial attitude is or has what I'm, to say about okay, this. Well,
1: here's what I'm trying to call call it then, because I don't think there's a specific imperial set, but just there's normal society and anything else, societally, regardless of race, we can deem other in a different way.
0: Are you talking about, like, civilized society? The, that yes. concept, the, the civilization language? Yes. Yes. The colonist language of, like... Well, these are uncivilized savages. They're not yes. like they're not as good as we are in our right. cities in our slavery. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: and so, but then I, I I do feel like I mean whiteness sure comes up a lot in these chapters. Yeah, how white Jane is. How finally he gets to see some white people like himself. How how it's all white.
0: There's certainly an element there that makes it seem like. It sort of excuses this idea that Tarzan being someone who's grown up outside of a civilized society, a human human society even, um, that he would inherently understand that the difference between someone's skin color is important. And that's weird. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really an odd thing to suggest. It's almost like it's almost like Bros is saying that, like, well, Tarzan wouldn't be able to uh, be able to tell that. They're even the same species, and it's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's just like, like I mean, I don't, I, I guess here, my my main like issue with it is that like part. The, there's a part of me was to say, well, thank God we've progressed so far, and I don't, I, I can't. Think you need to that. talk
1: with that part of yourself. Yeah,
0: like I, I can't say that, like, because right. I, I, I wish we had progressed further than having to deal with shit like that still. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's a bummer. He also, at some point describes the uh, congregation of Africans that were killed by the white officers and his, and the small company of black soldiers that they employed. And then it says that the horde gorged on meat. And I Mm -hmm. didn't understand if he was suggesting that they gorged on human meat or not. It felt odd in this exact moment. Like it was unclear. And I want to me clarify clarify this is before the moment Tarzan ha- deals with this exact concept outright. This was earlier than that. Mm-hmm. And it struck me as confusing. And I wanted to see if you were equally as confused or if you felt like you had clearer understanding about what actually happened.
1: I f- I I feel like it was I feel like they ate people they killed i feel like that was what implied i it's it's meat's back on the menu tonight
0: meat's back on the menu boys
1: yep i don't think it's uh i mean they don't say and by meat we mean the the enemies who are currently opposing us and we will kill and then eat or maybe not kill we'll just eat them uh as they wriggle
0: i do have a note here on page 82 that makes it seem like that they clarify what the meat was Maybe this is just the part where he he explains. I mean, I think that's my problem is that on page 82, he discusses that this whole concept in a way that sounds like he's saying, but of course that wouldn't happen. And like, of course that we all in a civilized world know how awful that is. And then so to me, that made it sound like he was saying, I would never write cannibalism into my book as something anyone would do because it's so horrific. And then I was thinking, well, you kind of suggested it could be the case here. But well, like, maybe he's saying it, it wasn't. I don't know. It's it's confusing.
1: Are you talking about when Tarzan doesn't eat somebody?
0: Yeah, on that page okay. where he doesn't eat the guy, he he has this internal like thought or this narrative thought about like it's the most horrific thing a person could do, and it's so abhorrent in society that it, it somehow Tarzan intrinsically knows that and gets sick at the idea.
1: Well, and for, well cause it was because because at first it it um makes an analogy to when the apes ate the gorillas but would never eat the other apes. Right. And and so it's like, and of course he was about to eat the person. So it seemed like he was going to. And then he pulls up short and goes, oh, wait, but this is wrong. Something inside me tells me otherwise. And part of me thinks it's being suggested that because Tarzan is a white man, he's inherently has access to deeper facilities and faculties to not eat people. Whereas
0: the tribesmen do not. I Yeah, my thought was different. I thought of it okay. like uh, that it smacks of an editor intervening. <laughs> to me, it reads very much like Burroughs was like, I want Tarzan to eat these people. That would be badass. <laughs> it's, and that's
1: kind of the whole of the writing does suggest that that is a very likely scenario.
0: And then and then an editor came in and said, are you fucking kidding me? You're you're going to take your pulp hero. And make him eat another person, and then you expect to have him be able to go on an adventure where he falls in love with a beautiful girl like he didn't just eat a dude. No, readers aren't going to accept that. We are not publishing that. Fix that page, because that rest <laughs> of that page sounds like it's being dictated, mm-hmm. like all that stuff about how horrible it would be and all the shit. It doesn't sound like the guy who wrote, and the ape like tore baby Tarzan apart and like almost bit his arm off and stuff like that. That guy wrote that stuff
1: that guy wrote really really great observation
0: i think i think burroughs wrote tarzan eating this dude and then an editor who was like we're gonna buy your story it's great here are some notes (laughs) and we're not buying it without these notes and that these issues being addressed that's how it seems to me as a person who feels like they can read between the lines there just the way it's it's in the way it's written and how it's such a weird departure from every other part of this like like he just he eats raw meat off his kills instantly like he's Mm -hmm. he's really brutal he's really animalistic and primal it's it's not he's not the kind of character to hold back right so it's it's just it feels forced that's all i'm saying but that's i mean we kind of covered that note in advance Mm -hmm. and that's fine but um it is interesting, like, it was interesting reading through it because at this first note about they dined on meat or whatever he says, or they, they uh, gorged on meat, It, I thought I might have been reading into it at that point, because we're talking, like, eight pages before. Right. And then when it comes to the point where he actually out and out talks about cannibalism, I was like, I must not have been reading into it, but at the same time... He's straight up saying no. Of course not. Cannibalism is the worst thing. So it's that's that's the part that makes me feel like this is been edited. Like that
1: that actually makes a lot of sense because it was funny. My note on that topic was ugh, almost got good, but oh no, the collective unconscious conscience took
0: over. See, and I think it's the like the MPAA. I think somebody yeah. came in and said you're not getting an R. You're not going to get an R. You're going to get NC17 because you had fucking cannibalism in it. <laughs> Say but bar, it's the... this
1: is Tarzan books a Pip,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the MPAA for books in 1912. Right. I don't know what that would actually look like, but it's but you know That's that's how it reads to me. Uh my notes on page 79. Okay. Tarzan follows the hunter through the jungle after the guy kills his mom after the mm-hmm. guy kills uh, Tarzan's mom you want to talk about that kala is that something you had a note on or not really uh well basically in this chapter a hunter from this human tribe comes over and uh is hunting people or hunting you know animals or whatever game in the in the jungle with poisoned arrows and he finds Tarzan's adopted mother kala and he kills her and then tarzan goes nuts and chases you know, I, him down and hunts him.
1: I've always wondered about this, and I certainly can't speak to it. I'm just curious. Maybe you know something about it. You watch a lot of nature documentaries. If you hunt something with a toxin so deadly that it can bring down a gorilla after a scratch, would that meat not be tainted?
0: That's my note. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're. Cur- I'm not saying that like you stole my note. That's, that's exactly what I was going to talk about, is that... uh? I, I noticed last episode I warned against eating raw meat. Well, apparently now I need to warn against eating poisoned meat. Don't. <laughs>
1: like, maybe, 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 maybe if it's a neurotoxin and it affects the nerves and the brains, the flesh itself is left alone? Don't. Okay. Just don't. Just don't. Let me
0: put it this way Would you eat a rat that died of rat poison?
1: I don't know. It's a neurotoxin rat poison.
0: I'm saying, like, would you take that risk?
1: Oh, uh, no. Yeah. No, I probably just wouldn't eat a rat.
0: Period. Would you eat a cow that died of poison? <laughs> probably not. Right. I mean, there's, there's definitely wouldn't
1: eat a human that died of poison.
0: I think there's a reason that the way our meat industry works is with these w- very direct. Death-dealing mechanisms. Um, None of them are fun to think about, but like, there's a reason why a bolt to the head is the way we do it. It doesn't change the meat, like just feed like feeding them poison would do, Uh, or or gassing them. Like if you gas the animals, you could make the argument of oh they're just falling asleep. You're also fucking poisoning them or anesthetizing them to a state where they suffocate but still like you're it's a bit much like it's just Mm -hmm. you're you're introducing chemical elements to the the meat you're intending to consume it's the same reason you don't want to eat meat with or, or vegetables with like pesticides on them like that shit you're still consuming that shit your body isn't immune to it your body has to process it and if it's carcinogenic it's going to uh have Long, if, if it's carcinogenic, it's going to have long term effects on your, your physical health. If it's just straight up poisonous, it's going to fucking poison you. It, I mean, it, it just don't. <laughs> uh, it makes me feel like, again, Burroughs is just like he's really not the guy you should be taking life advice from.
1: <laughs> no, he. He just writes.
0: He doesn't understand medicine. He doesn't understand poison. And he doesn't understand not cannibalism like <laughs>
1: nature often. He doesn't understand.
0: Yeah. Lots of stuff he does. He doesn't understand a, a whole lot. What he does understand is how to write. Like I think what you said, he, he does understand that, but uh, a lot of other stuff. It's a, uh, uh, wow. He doesn't understand English either. in the sense of like what it would take to actually learn how to, oh, I've got a note like, about
1: that. Maybe we have the <laughs> same note.
0: I mean, that was last episode, but still, like...
1: there's an, I have a note in this episode.
0: Okay. Um. Alright, my next page note is page 80. Okay. This is another thing he doesn't know about, and I, I thought I was... This is... Yeah, it's exactly... Uh. Like, I understand that this is a fantasy book. I understand it's a romantic fantasy book in, in some ways. Uh, it romanticizes this world that doesn't really exist, uh, even though it's pretending to be set in the real world. But, and I know it's also the turn of the century, and I, I don't know exactly when the the wonders of Africa started to seep into uh, Western culture, but I just would like to take this moment to point out that most of the animals that Burroughs attributes to this jungle world are actually found on the savannas of Africa, like, mm-hmm. not in the jungles. So so hyenas, lions, elephants even... Uh, Asian elephants are found in jungles. But um, well, we're you, not in Asia. We're not in Asia. Uh, if you were to look at, you know, elephants in Thailand or in uh, Myanmar, um, lots, they're they're jungle dwelling elephants. Uh, but in Africa, I, I'm not saying they can't be in tree lines or areas where there are trees, but. Oftentimes they're in savannas. They're mm-hmm. wandering the plains of Africa. Uh, it, it, it would be the same as if he was like, and then a giraffe walked by in the forest. And it's like, I mean, in to a sense, yes, they have they eat they have long necks because they eat from trees, but not jungles. Like it's a different ecosystem. It's a different habitat. Anyway, it's just worth noting if you don't know that uh, he doesn't either. So you're, I guess, you're in good <laughs> company. But like, it's it's, uh, and that's what I mean. But like, it's like a it's a fantasy world. It's that. <laughs> more than anything like it's it's hard for me to accept these things because that's the that's the stuff that feels more fantastic swarthy sailors who murder people at random that seems normal but like a a a lion hunting in the jungle no that's not a thing that happens um anyway page 82 is my next male male.
1: lion hunting at all is pretty rare
0: yep yep
1: what were you saying page 82 is my next
0: one um that's where we, the thing about Tarzan deciding to eat the guy. So at this point in the story, if you're reading along, Tarzan's caught up with his guy, his, the guy he was hunting, um, who, the poisoned meat that we were talking about, that hunter killed a boar and ate from it. And then I think Tarzan ate from it too, as he was trailing him and then hid it and was going to come back for it later. No ill effects of eating poisoned meat. Uh, and, and he eventually catches this hunter right before he uh, reaches his, the outskirts of his village. And then he, in a in a thing, I kind of I, I i was deciding whether or not we needed to talk about this, but he he hangs the guy by his neck until he's dead. Yeah. Well,
1: I thought he hanged him and then stabbed him.
0: Yeah. So he really, stabbed hang- and killed him. So that's okay, right? That makes it. Uh, yeah. It. I. This it's is another the part one where of those.
1: I, did you come across? Did you did you come by this? Honestly, or did you set up Tarzan's use of the lasso because you knew this was going to be a part of it? I don't know. It's it was just. Really, do we have to do this?
0: I think that for me, it, it wondered like, OK, like. It's impossible not to read something with a modern perspective. Sure. It's it's impossible to read this and not look at it and go, that sure looks a lot like lynching. <laughs> and think uh this hero character is kind of lynching this guy and it's not the first i mean at least it's not the last
1: um, it's definitely not the last
0: and and that seems kind of uh unfun but like I trying mean, to think like it, i i cl- clearly that shit wasn't new in 1912. Like, no, not like at that's all. the thing is that there's he he had to have known that that imagery would be evocative. I I, I feel like if I, I have a hard time believing he wouldn't. I I.
1: But he might not have been thinking about it. That's the thing. I feel like a case could be made for some of this that he's writing from ignorance. I don't feel like it's like Lovecraft where he was setting out to really. Really make his case. Um, I, I I feel like some of this could have been stumbled through with. And that's what I'm trying to say that that some of this could have been stumbled through with just an an imperialist attitude and a steaming pile of ignorance.
0: Yeah, it would be quite a um, large. But pile but of I ignorance. could
1: easily be swayed the other way. I just don't know enough about Edgar Rice Burroughs.
0: That's I think the challenging thing about this book is there really does seem to be a lot of stuff that just sort of like skirts the line mm-hmm. of being out like uh, of being outright ignorant and then straight up racist like those two things he's like right now at least uh, I don't want to apologize for him that's not my goal it's nope. just like I'm trying to comprehend what I'm reading yeah and it 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 feels like I it feels uh, ambiguous at this moment. Especially like we were saying, there's all this stuff he he has is so hardcore and brutal, and then he like pulls back sometimes,
1: because mm-hmm.
0: like this is the this is the page 82 for me is the page where he kills this guy and then decides to he's going to eat him and then pulls back from that idea, which I thought was gonna be really hard, like really dark. I thought it was gonna be extremely. Uh, brutal to read and be like wow this is not what i expected um i mean i didn't expect to have the conversation at all when i started the book and then to read that and you're like wow this is a kid's book
1: (laughs) i don't think it is a kid's book i don't know i I think kids probably read it with the same fervor that i as a kid would watch any grown-up movie i could get my hands on because it was gory and adventure and you know This is probably the equivalent of like an adult graphic novel, like Watchmen. And you know, when you're 12 and you get your hands on it, you're like, what? and you see the you this see, is different than Superman.
0: Yeah, you see naked Doctor Manhattan, and you're like, whoa, right? And you see the two naked Doctor Manhattans like form into one guy, and you and you think, wait a minute, he's naked. So if he like becomes one with himself, and the one from behind is approaching him, doesn't that mean that his wiener Insert, sort of goes into slot A into slot B? Yeah. It's like, I know how hot dog buns work. Like, that's <laughs> so does what does in Manhattan. And he didn't even flinch, like, no effect. He's just like. Slurp. Ugh. And then she's like, do you By have slurp to do I meant slurp up me? the butt. That that just sounded Ugh. Weird. I'm sorry. I don't. Why? Why would you say it's, it's... that? <laughs> you have so many opportunities not to say that, and you said it. <laughs> I mean I felt like I was being pretty graphic. But like towing that line like Edgar Rice and his racism, and I'm just like I feel like you crossed it, man. Ah Ugh. Okay, I'm done with that chapter. Are you done with that yeah, chapter? Yeah, I'm done with that chapter. Fantastic. Uh wow. That brings us to chapter ten.
1: Billy Zane. The Fear Phantom.
0: He's just the Phantom.
1: He, he inspires fear in the hearts of men. Evil men. Like the Shadow.
0: I like both those movies.
1: I I, I, I still haven't seen the Phantom. Really? really? Yeah, I know,
0: right? Man, if you could finish watching the movies I've lent you, I would lend you the Phantom. I'd have to start them before I could finish them. Yeah. Just, just make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. We're on the same page. I only have an overview basically about what happens. Well, I got a
1: note on 91 um, again about the tribes tribesmen mm-hmm. that I believe the uh, the leader was wearing a necklace of dried human hands. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was an interesting and graphic detail. That's actually the only note I've got. But I was just like, I want to I want to jot that down because it just it points to motive. Your honor. <laughs>
0: There's another part here where, well, see, I don't know about that. I don't agree with that because, like, I think that there's, I don't know. I guess I have this place in my heart where I think about, like, King Kong. Mm-hmm. And I think about the the tribes people in that movie. And I think about how, like, that doesn't feel out and out, like, problematic to me. Um,
1: It's, well, it's, but it, it's, okay, so that's where it's that problematic, like, Uh, I was talking about last episode, where it's that that adventure story, Fear of Other, where people really like to ratchet up those things that are different, where they hear about shrunken heads, if that's even a really thing, I don't know. Um, But it becomes the Necklace of Human Hands, or whatever there was in Kong, or the entire banquet scene in Temple of Doom. Where it's like, oh my god, they eat bugs and chilled monkey brains, ew. Um... And, and there, it, that's where it's more of like a systemic thing as opposed to a active – I don't think active is the right word, but a, a more pointed racism.
0: See, I guess – I mean, I guess that like I don't uh,
1: – It's inventing – it's in, inventing savagery for mm-hmm. the quote-unquote savages.
0: But for me, I guess the difference is where, where, the, where the realms of fantasy and reality – break, is that Mm -hmm. I know this isn't real. Like, I know that I'm not reading a... I know I'm not reading a documentary book. Sure, but if you
1: were a 12-year-old boy in 1912...
0: If I was a 12-year-old boy in 1912, I would have polio. But... um, Yeah, and you'd
1: be reading all these Tarzan books, because you ain't going anywhere. Basically, you have polio right now. You've got polio of the spirit, because we're all stuck inside. Okay. (laughs) Um... The, uh... (laughs) Was that was that too much? Did I did I offend the Polios? It's really
0: hard to, uh, <laughs> it's hard to yes and that kind of thing. So it's just a lot easier to okay it.
1: <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte. Mm. I don't know. Where I'm, I'm, I don't know what's happening.
0: It's, it's been a long day. Mm-hmm. So because I I do I like that. I guess that's my problem. Is I like that part of stories. You're. It's inherent to the, to the, and this is, I guess I have trouble accepting that this is racism and I'm not arguing that it isn't. I'm explaining that I, I have difficulty accepting it Mm -hmm. Um, because I look at, uh, because I think you're right. Like the adventure genre has this tendency to put colonial heroes in conflict with the native people of the land they're colonizing in a way that pits civilization versus quote savagery mm-hmm. uh and if I and I'm thinking to all the the stories like that that I enjoy um that is a part of it. but like I don't I guess my thing is I've never looked at that and gone and it, and, and interpreted it as... And this is privilege, I I guess, and I can accept that too and uh, can ask for forgiveness for it. But um, the idea that, like, this I'm I'm not, I'm personally not associating these things with reality, I'm associating them with the fantasy. Mm -hmm. For example, like, it's the same as the Lone Ranger, it's the same as the warlord of mars where there the 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 indigenous people are martians so there's no real people to be racist about um you can if you're taking it literally if you're using it as a metaphor cuz it's just a western then you can obviously uh, you know extrapolate who this is who the allegory is about sure So it's hard and that's what I mean like it's hard for me to to interpret that as as racist as it is to be like this is a function of the legend of colonialism like this is a function of the narrative structure of these stories like you have to have conflict sure and and in order to have conflict in the a, a new world you have to confront the things that existed there before you that's what Tarzan's doing like that's what John Carter's doing that's mm.
1: and i can see how it can happen because you're doing that and then the next author wants to, you know, ratchet up sales by making it a little more gory, a little more gruesome, and this is a perfect place to put those details.
0: right. And, and and what i'm saying though is like i it's hard for me to interpret that as uh, or to to read it as racist. It could be. It, it very well, uh, it's it's tough cuz some uh, whether or not something's racist doesn't necessarily mean that some people aren't Upset about it. Sure. And, 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 or upset by it. And that's all valid feelings and worth like listening to and, and, and working through. Um, and I don't know, working through, what does that even mean? I just mean like not, not outright dismissing, I guess is what I mean. <laughs> um, cause what's the, it's not, that it doesn't help people come together. Um, so like, anyway. F- this is a bad topic um, to <laughs> talk about on this show. But, but you like you had an
1: overview then.
0: Well, I guess what I can talk about is I can talk about again like my struggle with differentiating between adventure archetypes, adventure tropes, and the the people f- who identify with the indigenous groups. And that's the thing that I feel I can recognize is that like, if there are people who really were the people who were indigenous to these areas in the story, there really were, there are people who are indigenous to the parts of the, of America that the Lone Ranger like uh, had adventures in. And there were real people who were being subjugated and, and brutalized in reality that this fantasy is celebrating. And in that sense, to celebrate those fantasy stories is in a sense a way to, I guess, like whitewash history uh, to say like, you know, these this is how it could have happened because it's safe to pretend about it this way.
1: It justifies the brutality
0: or if, it like, or it, it erases it. it. It washes it away. It says, no, no, well, no but this I, wasn't like that. If there was, we would have had stories about it. But no, it's like or, this.
1: or if it w- if these people were really this horrible wearing necklaces of human hands and, it you would know, have been justified
0: to eradicate them. it
1: justifies what we did right yuck very um, much yeah and and that it happened on that collective unconscious level I'm using that incredibly loosely but just it, it's just interesting well in the society that they produced this art that ended up justifying the stuff over here when those weren't necessarily related
0: and what I I guess my problem is like I watch mo- there's there's a couple movies I really like mm-hmm. that the, deal with this and they're relatively modern movies and I think that might be where like I have have I'm having my struggle is uh the, the two movies that do this there's there's a a movie from the early 2000s maybe late 90s starring Antonio Banderas called The Thirteenth Warrior, mm-hmm. and in The Thirteenth Warrior, this guy from the Middle East travels to a Scandinavian country to learn uh, he gets like trapped there somehow he was going to trade them horses i think and he ends up getting trapped with them and he uh, becomes a, a warrior who goes on to try to defend the uh, villages of these the, of, of the civilized you know as it were people versus these mountain folk that are like witches and they have like you know they do very abhorrent things they they eat children they steal children they do stuff like that they have poisoned fingers and and nails and they They, they do very scary things. And, uh, the whole story of that movie is these guys who quest into the wilderness, into the wilds to defeat these animalistic subhuman people who aren't, as far as I could tell, really representative of any real culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe, maybe it's again, my ignorance of not knowing what they, that there is a historical record representing or, or that is what these people are inspired by or whatever. Um, I think that movie's fucking rules. I really enjoy that story. I really enjoy it. And in that movie, they go real far with like exaggerated physical features of these people in these caves. Cause they end up, they find them, they live in caves underground in like watery caves and stuff. And I remember the queen cause they kind of treat them like, like alien, like the, uh, like the movie, the aliens, the second one where the the queen is the one they have to kill before everything else falls apart. And I remember she has this huge, like, I think it's like a middle fingernail, it's like poison she dips it into poison like gingerly like this and then like she swipes you with it and it cuts you and you're fucking dead in an hour and it's it's exciting and thrilling and scary and like and and uh all those fantasy things that build up this thing um the other movie is a movie that came out in the last 10 years i think called bone tomahawk Mm -hmm. it's a western does, it's, it's very similar story. These group of guys gathered together to quest to rescue someone or defeat these enemies of these like brutal savages who in this case, unfortunately, are, you know, in the United States, the Western United States. So clearly they're supposed to be representative of uh, Native Americans in some way uh, in the in in the very deliberate way of are from their native to America or North right. America and. Um, I don't think at any point they identify any individual group or or tribe or anything like that. Uh, but if I was a person who was Native American, it would probably be pretty upsetting to see that uh, depicted that way. And but my point really is the thing about both of those stories that I like so much is how extreme they go with their uh, their uh, uh, costuming uh, mm-hmm. in, in Bone Tomahawk. The 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 bad guys have these like holes in their neck where they put these little bone flutes and they could scream this horrible, like unearthly scream through these like bone holes in their neck. And then they have like, they're just very violent and scary and, and, and excessive. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when I read about this guy who has hands around his, a a necklace full of, of human hands, I think, that's that. That's what I'm getting. Like I'm, I'm reminded of these things I've enjoyed before. Um, I un- and I can absolutely recognize that the the examples I've given were like, uh, groups of mostly Caucasian people, f- fighting mostly indigenous non-Caucasian people, and that that in itself is indicative of a, so, like you said, sort of a systemic historical push of violent uh, colonialism. No, okay. no, vi- of the yeah. actual violent colonialism just, that yes, yes, eradicates, yes. like, indigenous people from their lands so that we can come in, like, or we, so that the the colon- colonists can come in, like, locusts and eat up everything that in, in their path. Um, So maybe this is just a reckoning of, like, for me, of just coming to terms with that that's part of the things I like and that that sucks. Um, so, you know, growth. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I- anyway, I I think it's important. Th- this is the kind of thing I feel like is important to talk about when we talk about Tarzan, because there's a lot of bullshit in here that's uninteresting or just like, OK, fine. But like this is the stuff where it's like, you know, I- I'm I want to I want to find learning moments. Sorry if I got any of it wrong to anybody listening who knows how bad I got it, but. I'm trying. Does anything else? Not, nothing really else happens in this chapter, right? He just torments the villagers. He torments he steals poisonous arrows from the tribe and defiles their houses, uh specifically the one of the man he killed. Uh he tips over their poisonous, like cauldrons and spills their, their food and stuff like that. But other than that, no. Okay. Wanna go move on? Let's do it. Alright, that brings us to chapter eleven. King of the apes. Um, uh, I don't have a page note, but I have some I have some notes.
1: I found another passage of um animalistic description of the native tribes people but I feel like we've covered that a lot okay so I don't think I need to read that out I think people understand that it's
0: do you want to just do it you want to just read it so people know that it's there we won't talk much about it but just go ahead and read it
1: the warriors licked their hideous lips in anticipation of the feast to come and vied with one another in the savagery and loathsomeness of the cruel indignities with which they tortured their still conscious prisoner Yeah. Uh, but almost following that, I found a phrase that I really liked, that I don't know if it's just Edgar Rice Burroughs doing his thing, or if this was a turn of phrase used at that time period. Um, but Tarzan, not showing, not sure when to strike. It's it. He wrote choosing a moment when none seemed near. Yeah. It's like okay well there's not a, a a perfect moment so I'll just pick one and do it
0: and I'm like I just, I really like that oh I thought it was choosing a moment when he was alone
1: I thought it was when oh
0: when none seemed near as none I thought, I thought it was
1: none of, no, no moments that were the right one no, you're probably waited, right he waited for a moment I like, when he was alone I like my re-edited version
0: fair enough <laughs> you got that face you got that face <laughs> Uh, my, I have this section here where uh, in this chapter, Tarzan reflects negatively on the humans who torment and torture a man in their village. He, he comes back to the village of the man he murdered to observe and to potentially steal more. And while he's there, he sees them uh, start to torture a guy. They bring, they march a guy into the center of their village, and then they they string him up and start to torture him. So, but Tarzan internalizes this, uh, these these uh, these tribesmen as his people. He recognizes them as being human, which is great (laughs) considering the stuff that comes before, um, and continues. Um, almost
1: like Tarzan is more woke than his author.
0: Yeah, a little bit, or, you know, just human, uh, a little more human than his author, but he, uh, but then he also sort of internalizes these the actions of these specific people, and then he extrapolates that into representing all humanity as being evil and cruel because these these uh, people are bringing in this this guy and they're torturing him and all all being very excited about it and they're all getting they're kind of, it's like they're kind of getting off on it, and so he's like, "Well, that seems bad, just as bad as eating another person." Sure, Tarzan, I'm sure you <laughs> just figured all that out. See, and I, and I thought to myself, like, it, it could be easy to look at this again as one of those, like, oh, he's just digging down on indigenous people again. But I kind of thought he was – it might have been – I, I kind of read it as, like, I think he's just talking about how awful all humanity is. I think what he's saying is there's really no difference between whether or not you're civilized and – or you're uncivilized, let's say, in, in these terms, and do horrible shit versus being the most civilized and doing horrible shit. We're all – like humans are violent and cruel, mm-hmm. like regardless of technological advancement. Like that's, that's my, it, it sounds like what he's saying. I I thought that was really interesting because Tarzan doesn't say, he doesn't think internally, these people are evil. He thinks man is evil. And so I thought that distinction in the writing was very deliberate and important. hmm Now, he doesn't have a reflection of what civilization is or what goes on in England or anything, but, like, this idea that he's internalizing these things he's seeing as being emblematic of humanity seemed, like, I don't know, better?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It seemed better, yes.
0: Like, I thought to myself, is, is, is eating a guy who you assume killed your family member really any more barbaric than millions of people sentencing hundreds of thousands of people to die in prisons for possession of an herb that when smoked makes them feel silly. I mean, I would argue, no. Right. And that's, that's sort of where I am No, I'm
1: pro eating your enemy.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it just seems like human humans have a penchant for inflicting pain and suffering, whether or not they do that with pieces of paper that say, Oh, we're going to put you in a box for the rest of your life. Or, we're gonna we're gonna humanely inject poison into your body until you stop breathing, or
1: Ruins your heart stops.
0: Ruins the meat. Don't eat it. But the, the the point is like, why is that any different than a witch burning? Why right. is that any different? I, is it why why do we have such a compulsion to do those things, and why can't we get over it? And it's interesting to read Tarzan basically make. I mean, he makes a bit of a snap decision, but. It's it's still interesting to read because it feels like the snap decision is the snap decision for the character. The mm-hmm. authors had uh, experiences which encouraged this perspective. That's what I find interesting. What what did Edgar see? Right. What, what did he experience that pushed him to see these things these ways? I only have an overview left just to clean up.
1: Is this because I have a note on it and I can't remember. Is this the note where he fights
0: Kerchak? Is Kerchak the ape?
1: Kerchak is the leader of the apes.
0: I think that's later.
1: Well, he fights Tubak's son later, but he also fights. Kurchuk. Oh, this is
0: King of the Apes. This is where he becomes. Yeah, where he right. becomes. He yes, this is where he does. Yeah, the rest of the here's the overview real quick. Tarzan again harasses the nearby African tribe. Stealing their arrows and tormenting them with uh, the human skull prank, mm-hmm. uh, where he throws a human skull into their pi- into their midst in the middle, from, from the sky, it seems. Classic. While, while they're torturing this guy, and then they all freak out and run away. Um, that was the uh,
1: bestseller he, before Whoopie Cushions.
0: <laughs> then he kills the, the lioness, and then uh, he returns to the apes and then kills Kerchak and becomes king of the apes, and that's the name of the... Name of the chapter. So, yeah, this is where he kills Kerchak.
1: So I just wrote, he better Kerchak himself before he corrects himself.
0: <laughs> Goodness. I have another note here to talk about cannibalism, but I feel like we've done that, and unless I'm missing another part of cannibalism, uh, we're just going to move on. <laughs> Fine. Do you have any more notes in that chapter? I do not. All right, that brings us to chapter 12.
1: Man's Reason.
0: I only have an overview.
1: So is this where he fights Terzak? Or Turkaz? Yes. Okay, so before you to your overview, he's going to fight Turquoise. Uh, I, My note was, florid though the prose may be, sometimes uh, it's confusing. Yes. As in, as in his metaphor, because here's a passage right before he fights Turkaz. When Turkaz saw Tarzan approaching without his arrows, he continued to belabor the poor woman in a studied effort to affront his hated chieftain. That woman in question was another ape.
0: Yes, not a woman,
1: and and I think that's indicative of Edgar Rice Burroughs being like, "I don't give a fuck. I'm writing forward. I don't look in the rearview mirror." Yeah. I, I, what he does is engaging and enjoyable, but he does not edit with a fine tooth comb.
0: No. Yep. What's your Um, your overview? My my overview is simply, uh, Tarzan continues to torment the villagers, uh, stealing their food and arrows, and maybe killing their hunters. Um, With more hangings. uh, Yeah. Um, So these chapters are very much, a lot of it is, Tarzan went back and fucked with these guys some more. (laughs) Isn't he a hero? Um, (laughs) And... uh, uh, I feel like the 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 maybe killing the other hunters was was unclear. That's why I say it like that. I, I feel like somehow again the way he were, you like you were saying, sometimes he writes flowery prose, but they it's also kind of convoluted sometimes. Tarzan decides he doesn't want to be the king of the apes anymore, and after a violent contest, he explains he's going to retreat to his parents' house and no longer rule the apes.
1: Screw you guys! I'm going home.
0: Yeah, and he he has a pretty intense fight with uh. What's his name? With an it's, ape, uh, <laughs> it's
1: Turkaz. He has a fight with Turkaz. son of two balls. two Yes, I could. I could yes. Um,
0: and he uh, he fights him, and he has this moment where he realizes I could just kill this ape again, or I could make him say uncle, and then if he says uncle, it'll make me look awesome. I'll feel, I'll look so like.
1: Also, he'll be a monkey's uncle.
0: And, um, (laughs) he, uh, the, the, the ape surrenders and then Tarzan's like, I'm out, I'm never coming back, I'm leaving the tribe. And the apes are like, okay, (laughs) he, you haven't been around in a while, jerk. Um, All your fancy book learning. And then he bails and heads back to his house. You got anything else? I do not. Let's move on to chapter 13. His own kind. Uh, I have a note midway through the chapter, so if you have anything what, in the beginning. Uh, my note is about a note. Okay. Tarzan's note. Oh, Tarzan's note. Okay, then I will say... Um, I am... I think I'm enjoying this book, um, but I think it... it in, on the writing... <laughs> Takes too much time between dialogue. There, so these uh, these chapters are dense with uh, description of locations and actions, mm-hmm. and examinations of social structures and things happening. There's but not, not a, lot a lot of character of to- building either. Yeah, and there's not a lot of talking.
1: And no, it's definitely not a lot of talking. It's and then this happened, and then this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and finally somebody said something. Right. And back to listing things that happened
0: right it's very uh like it's like genesis in that way yeah um and it's it's not it's not i'm enjoying it but it's a bit it's just it can get tiresome right um so at this point we finally get other humans who are going to have conversations and i feel like that might pick up the pace
1: um we've got more shitty pirates who murder their captain
0: yeah so tarzan observes that there's a, a a ship of people specifically white people, who show up on his uh, the shores by his parents' house and they're all offloading their large ship onto tiny little boats and coming to shore and investigating the structure, etc. Um, now we are at the part in mine where Tarzan, seeing this, uh, sneaks into his cabin, scrawls a note, and pins it to the door for them to find. Now Rob says he has a note on the note.
1: I do have a note, but just to make sure we're all caught up on the backstory of the note. In the intervening years since he was ten, Tarzan's been going back to the cabin, and really cracking those books, and can read and write English fluently. Seemingly, sp- I feel like I feel like they 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 announce later, and I feel like in the some of the te- the more tedious prose, they say that he's pretty fluent. Um. Meanwhile, we also touch on his father's journal in French which he cannot read, and thus his backstory is currently kept secret. Um. So, yes, because he observed the, the swarthy sailors kill one of their own and generally just be horrible people, he leaves a threatening note, and this is the note. This is the house of Tarzan, the killer of beasts and many black men. Do not harm the things which are Tarzan's, Tarzan watches Tarzan of the Apes. My note is actually not about the killer of many black men. My note is about Tarzan putting his name into the note. Bullshit.
0: Oh, I think I know what you're saying. Very interesting.
1: Because he's never heard English and he has no way to tie English to letters or to transliterate, which is what I believe they call it when you take a language that doesn't have our characters, like Chinese or Arabic, and when they, when you, when you use, uh, say, English letters to represent Chinese words, that's transliteration, not translation. There's no way he could have done that. He's never heard what T-A-R-Z-A-N sounds like. So there's no way he could have written his own name. Yeah. So that's I'm just I'm just calling straight up bullshit on that note.
0: Yeah, because if he had, if he'd been able to uh, determine what his the vocalization he made, what that would turn into in terms of letters, he would have been able to sound out all the words and developed the capacity to speak English. Exactly. Right.
1: He doesn't know that B for boy is B.
0: Right. He doesn't have that at all. He apparently, <laughs> his di- yeah, his dictionary doesn't have any of those. I'm not sure how you would learn that without someone. You wouldn't
1: me. without a person. Yeah, I, I don't th- or, or recording or something. You have to have that that moment that's so famous in like every Tarzan movie where he's like points to himself and goes Tarzan.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah, uh, that's um, I'm a, I'm impressed. I didn't I didn't catch that. Um, good job. Thank you.
1: What is your overview?
0: Well, I have a note on the last oh, page have... of the chapter. A note. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, man. my note on the last page of the chapter is really tarzan couldn't be bothered to remove the skeletons of his dead parents from his house after like 20 years well uh do, do, they, do you okay do you think that he he slept in that bed like some sort of like emily grierson from uh you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about don't no, a rose for knows. emily that uh the short story about the woman who spoilers uh about <laughs> the woman who uh kills her boyfriend fiance and then like keeps him in her bed and pretends they're married until she's caught like doing it <laughs> and and it's like it, it becomes clear that like her house reeks of dead body and like she has like flowers all over the place and no, I've
1: never read who who wrote this story Was it Bradbury or is it uh who else could it be Shirley Jackson maybe? Or is it a Richard Matheson? These are just the big names I'm thinking of. It's
0: William of it. Faulkner, really. Yeah,
1: Sound and Fury, Faulkner himself. Yep, I, th- I think he wrote that. I don't know.
0: I don't know if, what he wrote. He wrote okay. this. He wrote A Rose for Emily. Um, I, I I recommend it. Um, it's Sounds pretty hardcore. Yeah. It's it's one of those it's one of those things where you're like if you don't know the ending because I've spoiled it for you and any listeners so sorry um, it's only a hundred years old. Um, <laughs> you ruin uh, the
1: incident at in Owl Creek Bridge while you're at it.
0: Oh 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 oh! Can I? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, incident in Owl Creek Bridge is it's like a dream. A dream while he's dying. It's a dream while he's dying. Yeah, it's already yeah. happened.
1: It's it, it's Jacob's letter.
0: Yeah, it's a a letter for Jacob. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it's only ninety years old. Anyway,
1: to your point, um <laughs> I feel like this was addressed in the one-off dialogue of when he first entered the cabin as a 10-year-old and this Tarzan living in the jungle was used to dead animals and was just like meh.
0: But like, I guess my point is like I don't know, I guess it's like what what kind of why is he is he just going in there and using stuff like or is he is he sleeping there? Like I'm sure he just shoved the bones over. Ugh it's gross is what i'm saying i'm like it's almost <laughs> like this guy was what was he raised by animals disgusting
1: <laughs> that's fair
0: uh overview so uh there's uh, sailors uh some of them very much like the sailors from the beginning of the book v- seemingly very violent and easy to overthrow leadership with with murder that happens a soldier or a sailor kills another sailor and then there's a handful of what who seem to be like English noble people on the ships as well who are also off the boats on shore there's uh and then Tarzan from his uh his perch hidden in the trees throws a spear at the guy who at the soul the sailor who killed the other sailor and pierces him <laughs> in the back but why uh, because that guy was a the sailor was about to murder uh one of the other young Englishmen who were more noble-looking. He was about to shoot him in the back. Because that guy, that guy gave him a, him a
1: dressing down and said, you wouldn't even shoot me. You're a coward. You wouldn't shoot me if I turned my back. And he turned his back, and the guy started to pull out a gun. Tarzan said, not on my watch.
0: But Tarzan, not being able to speak or understand English, didn't know what had actually happened. He just uh, learned body language somehow. Yeah. And um, determined that he had already watched someone die, and he didn't like the little rat-faced man, as he called him.
1: Do we want to talk about who the proper young gentleman is
0: i don't know if we know that yet
1: um i thought they'd they named him they at least named him at this point and they had had a couple of sides earlier that I eventually didn't to talk they explained
0: exactly who he is but sure this is a fine time to say
1: it is none other than tarzan's cousin
0: tarzan's cousin
1: son of the current lord greystoke since uh, john clayton was lost at sea and as far as everyone knows his lineage ended so his brother became the lord greystoke and this is which is mm-hmm. interesting um if you watch the disney version they they of course change things around the 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 people who show up and enter the apes world are jane mm-hmm. her scientist father and their guide clayton who's the bad guy and that guy if you look carefully is drawn with very similar features to Tarzan. I don't think they ever make a thing out of it, but it's an interesting touch.
0: Hmm. that's interesting. And 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 because you mentioned it, Jane and her father have also show, uh, appeared. They are here. They're also on the uh on the shore. Um and then another guy who uh, Dr. Mr. Phil, Philburn or something like that.
1: I remember the word being almost a dirty word, and I don't remember what it was now.
0: It's a weird word. It, uh, it is a weird word. But there's like an, a a guy who accompanies Jane's it, father.
1: The doctor's assistant. The professor's assistant. Yes, yes, yes. And Jane has a servant.
0: And Jane has a servant name, whose name is Esmeralda. Yes. Uh, and Jane's father seems to be an absent-minded guy. And so he mm-hmm. runs off into the woods completely unawares of how he's forgetting anyone else is around him.
1: And his assistance with them, but they clearly get lost. We don't see them anymore in the chapters we've read.
0: Right. Um, and Clayton, the other Tarzan's cousin, goes off looking for them and gets lost. Everybody gets lost except Jane and Esmeralda, who bar themselves into Tarzan's cabin. And then Tarzan basically goes off to fetch. I don't even know if he goes out to fetch. He goes to follow the other guys who go off in the woods. Uh. And I think that brings us to the next chapter, which is chapter 14.
1: At the mercy of the jungle. I
0: don't really have any
1: notes for this one.
0: I have some. It's just
1: some action happens, but what's your notes?
0: Well, some of the action that happens, let's go through that first. Um, Tarzan's cousin is stalked by a male lion in the the jungle, and Tarzan uh, saves him, kills the lion has his first interaction with another human that is a real interaction, not just a murder. Um, And they try to communicate. It doesn't work out. Tarzan ends up like uh, taking him back to the house. They they run back together after hearing a gunshot.
1: I was going to say something. I was going to say it also should be noted at this point that uh, the cousin, who I'm just going to call Clayton because I can never remember his first name, decides that this must not be Tarzan. As Tarzan right. could clearly write a note, and this guy can't speak, right? Not understanding um, that Tarzan taught, is completely fluent at communication, reading, and writing, but no one, you know, introduces himself that way, right? And Tarzan doesn't know any other way.
0: Uh, my first note is a question in on page one thirty one. For me, it's one thirty one. Sure. Why Why did Esmeralda exclaim "Oh, Gabrielle!" before passing out? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I, yeah. I just seems no weird. Yep. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, there's nothing really to talk about there. It's just it's, it happens more than once, and it I don't understand it. So,
1: Esmeralda, I think we should probably say is a black woman. Um, not ever described flatteringly. Only about to. I would. How would you characterize El- Esmeralda's appearance in oh, these books? I
0: don't want you to ask me that question. Um
1: <laughs> that seems safest.
0: Um I think that the answer the best answer I could possibly give is that I think she's like a Hattie McDaniel type
1: that's the Gone with the Wind character.
0: That's the actress from Gone with the Wind. Gotcha. Um it it, it
1: it it's too broad to be called comic relief
0: oh I I didn't find anything that she did comical I, I'm not sure if that's to say it wasn't deliberately it wasn't intended that way that's what but I'm saying
1: that's why I'm, it's it's so actually
0: you know what yeah there was the moment where she she plays kind of dumb and she she uh runs her head into the the cupboard trying to hide her great girth and it doesn't work because it's oh, it's impossible this is how a
1: 280 pound she... woman this Right big girl yeah
0: (laughs) yeah and it uh i don't i mean here's my problem the this stereotype has a name and it's an offensive name yeah yeah, absolutely absolutely. and that's that's what i'm trying to walk around
1: oh no sure 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 sure. i i I actually wasn't even making that connection i was simply trying to articulate uh, what's her point in the story
0: at first i I I thought it was to make jane a fucking murderer (laughs) that's what i thought it was at first (laughs) i was like what the shit but no i i, Wait, I don't
1: why, why did you think that
0: because well because there's a moment later it comes later okay so we'll, it's in the next chapter uh, i think
1: let's just tease it then jane's yeah. a
0: murderer jane's at this point we kind of think jane's a murderer so i don't know what her purpose is yet because it hasn't really been revealed she her story isn't over uh I just, when she it,
1: speaks, she has, her lines are wildly incongruous to the story and they're loud and, uh,
0: s- silly by way of being. You mean like, like, uh, okay. So like it, Jar Jar Binks, like, cause that's unfortunately why he probably gets like, why that criticism of that character comes up is because it's a tradition. There's I a tradition think... of putting this in these stories
1: I think Jar Jar Binks is sadly a great parallel, and that's why I think it's a is is considered by the author to be comic relief. It's not yes. working. No, but that's why I called it that.
0: And I and I fully understand and agree that I, and that's what I was saying. I think the intent is to be funny. It's not funny. Right. It's it's uh, we have incongruous. To do this now. It, it's yeah. yeah. It's it's it's. it's 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 oppressive in a way like it's (laughs) it's just it sucks it just i don't enjoy it um yeah this character doesn't have any sort of agency because she's essentially she's a servant and what so as insult to injury she's also going to be a massively overweight stupid uh caricature and it's just it sucks like I, i imagine that being your only representation in in popular culture it fucking sucks Ugh. I was really hoping. I, I didn't expect this character when yes. I started the book. I, uh, that's another thing. I didn't expect this character to pop up. I didn't expect this archetype to be part of this book. Mm-hmm. It. I don't like that it is. It's. It's the slow build of the case of like, oh, Tarzan's racist. <laughs> like, oh shit. Like, yeah. Uh, it's hard <laughs> not to not to see it once this pops up. Right. Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, if I work really hard to excuse it, it's you. You could think things like. Well, you know, very wealthy people of the time from the United States had servants. So it wouldn't be that uncommon for her to have a handmaiden, or whatever you want to call this role. But that still feels like which, I mean, I mean it might be true. Yeah, sure. it, it might it might be true, but it's still like, the choice to make her a caricature is the choice the author made. The, cho- the, the author didn't get to invent the social structure that Made this a relatively common thing for people of this character stature. What was the author's choice was to make her uh, a buffoon, yes, and a joke, yes. And in that way, it it's there's that's where the sort of racism or the the bigotry comes from. I mean, that's where I have no problem point like being like, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is an issue. <laughs> that's problematic. At this point in the book, okay, uh, Jane. Okay, so what's happened is Jane and uh, Esmeralda, Esmeralda. Are, are, in the, are in Tarzan's cabin. They've locked themselves in, and there's a lion outside. There's a lioness trying to break in and eat them and kill them. And so they are hiding in, in the cabin. Esmeralda's already passed out once or something. And the lion can't break down the strong door that uh, John Clayton had made so many years ago, but it's figured out a way to break through the window. And so it's it's working its way into the window to come eat them. And Esmeralda is is acting like a fool and doing dumb stuff and running all over the place and passes out on the floor. The the lion starts to break in and Jane remembers that she has been she was given a revolver by Clayton before he walked wandered off into the into the woods. And she takes it and decides she's going to blow her brains out. She decides, I'm going to kill myself because that's better than being eaten. I mean, I guess I'm going to eaten anyway, but I'd rather not suffer through it. And then she realizes that uh, Esmeralda's laying on the ground, a, a woman who she acknowledges she has the most respect, or maybe not respect, but like she she feels like is a member of her family. She sure. feels like is has a, a connection with this woman. Yes, this is a person who was essentially a surrogate mother for her because she's a rich white woman. So why would she? And she her have father's a, a there? There. complete ditz. So she needs right. something. Right. Right. And so she deeply cares for this person. She says and she basically decides she can't accept killing herself without killing (laughs) her, her lovely uh, assistant first. Mm -hmm. So she runs over there and then puts the the gun against uh, Esmeralda's chest. And then because she's startled by the lion pulls the trigger. And so that's the moment where I'm like, Oh shit, Jane's (laughs) a fucking murderer. Like that, that was crazy. Like, that's intense. Uh, and then at some point my, my next notes actually like at some point they acknowledge that Jane's from America, which I don't know if I'd ever really acknowledged or understood. Um, well, again, she's certainly not in the,
1: that Disney movie, the Disney movie. It's right. It's hard in Greystoke Stoke because she's played by Andy McDowell, but for whatever reason, they hated her, her, her Southern Andy McDowell accent. And they had her voice by Glenn Close bizarre. Who played Kala in the Disney movie?
0: Wow. And Cruella DeVille.
1: Yeah, but I don't know the Cruella DeVille song in German. Like, I know you'll be in my heart. Oh, no. Ah, uh, okay. Keine um, angst.
0: <laughs> that's basically where the chapter ends is that is that she runs over to uh I think she also shoots the lion at some point in the shoulder which is like come on you you missed its face it's, right. how far away is it Right
1: there it's right there
0: and Also then she that the Yeah also that the lion doesn't run away after being shot once also I mean I don't know how animals react to being shot but I'd imagine it's not with whatever <laughs> like all right uh maybe I'm wrong I don't know I I don't I want to be shot don't shoot me I I will run away <laughs>
1: bullets your kryptonite
0: Um, yeah bullets are my kryptonite exactly all right that brings us to chapter 15 the
1: forest god
0: uh so tarzan and his cousin race back to the cabin where they pull the lion from the house and then tarzan kills it and then disappears into the woods but again on the last page it's revealed that Esmeralda was not shot to death by Jane uh, somehow even though it was written like this weird like fake out like oh she's dead because she shot her it becomes uh, clarified that actually Jane in her startled startled in being startled moved her gun from the chest of Esmeralda and shot harmlessly on the floor or something and it's like well great uh, I feel like this is actually the second time we've been faked out by a death in this book
1: was is it was this book serialized did it have these little mini cliffhangers from like issue to issue is that why that's happening
0: I don't know anything about the history of the publication of this book I don't know if it was published in novel form originally or in pulp magazines first I'm gonna look it up for next time but but I want to say that the the other fake out is that the because like you're saying the end it makes sense that if, if it was published in like magazines or something first because the other fake out was uh John Clayton when he he falls to the to his desk and you be- you might you could believe he just died and then the next chapter he's like nope not dead just depressed That's
1: true that's <laughs> true I wasn't um, even thinking about that.
0: It's happened this is the second time it's happened at least. At least. And that would also make sense for why it felt like there were so many origin stories. Mm-hmm. Like so many different like mini adventures of him as a kid having different learning different things. I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm uh, let your homework figure it out. Okay. All right, how are you feeling about the book so far?
1: Uh It can be fun and engaging. It can be tedious. It can be problematic. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a window into a different time, which is fun. It's a window into a different time, which is ugly. Yeah. It's kind of I've got lots of feelings. What about yourself? Same. Um okay. glad I could just articulate that for you.
0: It also kind of feel like it feels like it's just starting. Like that's another that's why I don't like origin stories. Like sure. I feel like and that's we're fair. just we're just getting to the part where he even meets Jane and it's like god, these things can be summarized so quickly. Like
1: and if you look at the whole breadth of how many Tarzan books there are, it is getting started.
0: And this and is, I still
1: part of the boy who lived
0: ugh so next time on Death Readers we're going to be reading through chapter 16 most remarkable through chapter 22 the search party so don't read chapter 23 brother men okay alright and that brings us to a new word alert Hope you're ready. I am so. All right. Our ready. first new word. Yes. Esculent. Esculent.
1: Can you spell it?
0: E-S-C-U-L-E-N-T.
1: Oh. it's not the word I thought you were going to use or choose. Esculent. Uh, It reminds me of ungulent. Is it some kind of animal? Nope. That doesn't have hooves? Nope. What is
0: it? It's an adjective that means the thing that's being described is edible. Oh. Okay. All right, you ready? Yep. Creeper. Creeper. Creeper.
1: Uh, it's a vine, isn't it?
0: Yep. Yeah. It's a noun that describes a cr- a plant that the, a creeping plant, sure, like a vine. Next word.
1: Propitiate.
0: What was it?
1: propitiate
0: propitiate that's a word i've heard i have no clue it's a verb means to gain or regain the favor or goodwill of to appease Hmm. okay next word escutcheon escutcheon
1: i'm gonna say because of the pirates of penzance my guess is it means like honor I feel like it's honor or coat of arms. One of those two.
0: Okay. Okay. It's a noun. Okay. Uh, first definition, a defined area on which armorial bearings are displayed and which usually consists of a shield.
1: Okay. So the thing that holds the herald. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: the second definition is a protective ornamental plate or flange as around a keyhole. And then the third definition is the part of the ship's stern on which the name is displayed. Huh. So when you went Pirates of Penzance, I was like, oh.
1: No, I was thinking about how the Major General was worried that he had brought shame upon the family escutcheon. Oh. And so I was using (laughs) context clues. But then again.
0: The crest. He was saying the family, like, sigil. Kind of like that, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it actually makes more sense since he bought the property. And since he owns it, it's his. It's now his family's, but he doesn't have like anything up yet, kind of thing. It's it, it's a joke. It's a. Is it a joke? Because like his ancestors who are in the tombs that he bought, so they are technically his ancestors, though they're not his ancestors. You see, it's this is that great Gilbert and Sullivan wit. They're hilarious. Next word. Fag. <laughs> Bundle sticks.
0: Nope. It. Okay, so the, the thing about my dictionary is that it it only it only has uh the pronunciation for like the root word. Mm-hmm. There's the word fagged is use in, used used oh, in tarzan. fagged.
1: Okay, I, yeah, I was thinking of forgot. No, um, this,
0: this is, is just fag.
1: Fagged is in fagged and shagged and bashed. So tired, tuckered out.
0: Yeah, this yeah. Is, to work hard to toil. My
1: reference was Clockwork Orange.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I know that other word. I know I know what that word is. I mean, every, every eighth grader does, but um, this I'd say one. I'm saying that's
1: where he said we, we were feeling all fagged and bagged and bagged.
0: Ah, right, right, right. I thought you meant the bundle of sticks one.
1: No, 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 no,
0: Yeah, the, no, this one. Yeah, I see what you're saying now. The, yeah. Um, this is reference to Clayton is when he's running, he gets fagged uh, from exhaustion. And Tarzan's like, are you kidding me? Really? Again?
1: Sometimes just, there's only one foot of, set of footprints in the jungle,
0: <laughs> and that's when I swung with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I read it. I, I might have been reading it aloud to my wife again, and I was like, "Well, I gotta, I gotta look that word up because I, unfortunately, because of hateful people." Okay, last one.
1: Solicitude. Solicitude, uh, the state of mind one puts themselves in when they want to solicit.
0: Very close. Really? It's, uh, well, an it's asset. solicitude, the state of being concerned and anxious. Huh. Uh, B, attentive care and protectiveness. It, specifically in Tarzan, where this word is used, it, it's it's important to note this, is it's it's in, it's just, it's the way that Jane's recollects Esmeralda being when she cared for Jane when Jane was young and a, hmm. and a child. She cared with her with great concern. She doted kind of thing. Uh, Again, to help uh, illuminate their relationship and flesh it out. Um, All right. That's all I have. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? I don't. Well, then that, I believe, was Death Readers. Uh, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. (laughs) So, let's start with Chapter 9.
1: That's what we're doing, really. You're going to take the chapter? Fine.
0: I, I've always done that.
1: You know, you haven't. Go back to any Harry Potter episode and be like, "That brings us to." That brings say, us to. No, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. No, I'm not taking the chapters anymore. I'm no, not. Gonna... I actually,
1: I, but I want to say I actually like this because I don't have the chapters and I was having to figure them out. You said chapter nine. I'm like, started writing down nine and ten and eleven. We I'm had like, this you know
0: discussion last episode.
1: We never resolved this discussion last episode.
0: We discussed how y- the difference between our editions is that you don't mm-hmm. have chapters. And, and we that, said, oh,
1: that's the problem, but we didn't resolve who said what.
0: We Let's did do that in right the now. way that it happened in the show, where I said the chapter and you said blah, 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 blah.
1: No, I was saying chapter,
0: blah, blah, blah. Okay. Blah. You just well, listened to it.
1: But I now did. we're going to do it you your way. You know
0: I did, too. You know I just listened to it, too, ladies and gentlemen. I know you did. That's my point. That's this, what I'm
1: underlining here.
0: We, we pay someone $500 an hour to help us deal with this. <laughs> this is not something we need to hash out now, but- uh, I apologize for wasting your time and uh, letting you see beyond this curtain. It's uh, deeply embarrassing. Um,
1: Why don't you take the chapter and I'll take the name of the title, okay? How about that?
0: I'll thank you for permission.
1: I was just saying we're officially <laughs> setting in stone who gets what. Sort of a prenup.
0: Uh, fine. I, I agree. Uh, I think the divorce would be too messy. Um <laughs> so...